Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Old Testament book, First Kings, selected verses from chapter 2 and chapter 3. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Then David slept with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. The time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David and his kingdom was firmly established. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David. Only he sacrificed and offered incense at the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted." Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil, for who can govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, all your life. No other king shall compare with you. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then... I will lengthen your life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wisdom. Both today's scripture lessons are focused on wisdom, which you might say is the opposite of ignorance. And ignorance is a subject that Mark Twain like to talk about. Here are just a few Mark Twain quotes on the subject of ignorance. Number one, never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. (laughs) Number two, few things are more irritating than when someone who is wrong is also very effective in making his point. Number three, Education is the path from cocky ignorance to miserable uncertainty. 
And my favorite, ignorance is not not knowing. Ignorance is knowing what ain't so. As Mark Twain liked to talk about ignorance, many pages of Scripture are dedicated to the theme of wisdom. In fact, it starts in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2 when the serpent tries to get Eve to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When Eve resists, the serpent says, God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And if you eat the forbidden fruit, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. For years, I've thought about this one phrase, and if I could, I'd like to offer a slight retranslation. I feel sure that what the snake really means here is not that we will know the difference between good and evil, but that we think we will. In other words, the first sin, falling from grace, is believing we can decide for ourselves what is good, or to use the words of Mark Twain, the first sin is the ignorance of knowing what ain't so. Certainly this is true of us. We, we think we know even when we don't. When kids are allowed to eat as much candy as they think they want, often vomit is the result, not happiness. Although they think it will be happiness. Likewise, to some degree or another, I think that I can tell the difference between what will bring me joy and what will make me bored. That given the freedom, I will make the best choice for myself. That if I could just decide on my own, I'd make a better choice than anyone else could make for me. Yet where has that gotten us? If only an upset stomach were the worst result of humanity's determination to try and choose what is good and what is evil. We don't know what is good. We think we do, which is the definition of ignorance. Ignorance is not not knowing. Ignorance is knowing what isn't true. What do we think we know? One, we think that money will bring us happiness. Yet think for just a moment about the happiest moment of your life. Think of the, the best year of your marriage. Go back to that day when everything felt perfect. Maybe the sun was shining on your face as someone held you in their arms. Maybe it was raining, but you wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else because you were dry by the comfort of, a, of the fire with the only person who mattered. I have this memory of our first apartment. Sarah and I were just home from our honeymoon, and we wanted to watch the TV show Friends. We took the TV my grandparents had bought us as a wedding gift out of the box. We plugged it in, but we couldn't pick up the channel because they bought us a new fancy TV that didn't come with an antenna. Now, why didn't they buy us a TV with an antenna? Probably because they assumed we would be able to afford cable. We couldn't. I was working as a lawn maintenance man, getting paid about $7 an hour. Sarah didn't have a job yet, so we drove to Target and splurged 
on a $15 antenna. I can still see the thing. I remember exactly what it looked like. In the parking lot of the Target after we bought it, Sarah said, Joe, I'm going to have to get a job quick because this $15 antenna nearly cleaned us out. Though all I could think about was how lucky I felt that my life had turned out this way. $15 cleaned at our checking account, yet I felt like I had won the lottery. Meanwhile, how many of us think that money is going to make us happy? Seriously, how, how many have, have making as much money as possible their sole priority of their lives? George Moreland, a deacon, left the early service saying, Money does sometimes make me happy. It makes me very happy to give it away. Where did George get that? That is better to give than it is to receive. From God. And how much sense does it make that the one who knit us together would also know what will make us happy? On the other hand, in the words of Christian author Anne Lamont, many of us are learning through pain that some of the things we thought were castles have turned out to be prisons and we desperately want out, but even though we built them, we can't find the door. Some are boxed in by debt from trying to buy happiness. Others are stuck trying to squeeze joy from entertainment, distraction, pleasure, pain. So I ask you, have you found what is good? Are you happy? If not... It's only a matter of asking for help. For just as ignorance is not not knowing, ignorance is knowing what ain't so, wisdom is knowing that you don't know and asking someone for help. Now as I talk up here in the pulpit about wisdom and ignorance, know that I don't claim to be a particularly intelligent man. In fact, in ninth grade at Marietta High School, I failed Spanish. This is just the direct result of never doing your homework and never paying attention in class. That's just what happened. So in 10th grade, I had to take the class again, and I remember my teacher, Senora Smitherman, telling me that the difference between the F that I made the first time I took the class and the A that I made in her class was that in her class, I was always the first one to raise my hand and ask a question. So let us now look again at King Solomon. Oh, Lord, my God, he prayed, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I am only a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people you have chosen, a great people so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore... An understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? Did he hear all that? It's a litany of reasons he should not be king. He's too young. He can't even find his way out or his way back in. There are too many people. He has no understanding. And really, he's not sure that anyone is going to be able to govern this nation. But here's the point. 
This is where wisdom always begins, in humility. Not with having the answers, but realizing that you don't have them and asking for them. That's true. It's true. I Googled it. I Googled qualities of ignorant people. The search took me straight to an article written in 2008 by journalists who interviewed a group of experts on intelligence and found a list of five qualities that most ignorant people possess. Ignorant people blame others for their own mistakes. Ignorant people always have to be right. Ignorant people react to conflict with anger and aggression rather than with curiosity or careful listening. Ignorant people ignore the needs and feelings of others. Ignorant people think that they are better than everyone else. On the other hand... Wise people are willing to admit that they made a mistake and are ready to learn from others. Wise people react to conflicts with curiosity and careful listening because they know that they are sometimes wrong. Wise people don't assume they know what's going on in other people's minds. Wise people know that they are not better than everyone else. What's the common theme? That there is foolishness in relying on yourself and insisting on your own way. And there is wisdom in asking other people for help. Therefore, as though she were a person, wisdom calls out in our first scripture lesson. Turn in here. Don't think that you can... Do this on your own. Accept my invitation and listen to someone other than the voice that's inside your head. Then there's the last verse from the chapter that we read from Proverbs. So loved by the mother of Greer Reeves. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. Did you hear that? Lean not on your own understanding because sometimes your understanding is dead wrong. Ignorance is not not knowing. Ignorance is knowing what ain't so. Some people have paid a high price because what they were certain of has proved not to be true. Occasionally, families will ask the preacher to pray with the body of their loved one who has died. Most vividly, I remember praying with the body of a man who took his own life. I was with him alone, but when I walked out of the morgue, After praying, there was Tony Sowell, who ran the funeral home in Tennessee, waiting for me. He knew that praying with this man would be a hard thing to do. And so, while he let me pray by myself, he was there waiting for me after I had prayed. Walking out of the morgue, Tony said to me, The most tragic thing in the world is a man who treats a temporary problem with a permanent solution. According to theologian C.S. Lewis, this is the devil's greatest trick. 
convincing us that our passing pain or sorrow or desperation is not temporary but permanent. And so I say it again. Ignorance is not not knowing. Ignorance is knowing what ain't so. So if you are sure that pain is going to last forever, if you are sure that there is no way out, if you are sure that no one loves you and you've ruined everything and there is no hope, you are dead wrong. Today in this time of isolation, listen not to the voice in your head, but to wisdom's call. Lean not on your own understanding, but accept her invitation. Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. She may be speaking through your neighbor who invites you over for tea. She may be, may be speaking through your church who calls you out of solitude and into community. She may be the one uh, calling you on the phone asking simply, how are you doing? Wisdom is calling. Please, listen and live. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.